0: Scott Swahe podcast and today I'm joined by the writer M.J. Nichols. Hello there. Hello there. And um, I was thinking about how I'd introduce you and I was going to say you, you write comic literary novels but then I thought do you like literary comic novels? Well, what would you say? What, do you, what kind of novels do you write? Is it an easy opener.
1: Um, I think comic novels is a good one, yeah. Yeah, okay. and then people would say, oh is it like graphic novels? And then I'd say no, comedic. Yes. So comedic, but if you want fewer syllables, then comics grand.
0: Um, just a few of them uh, that you've written. We are talking about House of Writers, so which we've reviewed inside, and the One Thousand and Second Book uh, to read to, to before you. The One Thousand and Second Books is that no, the right way of saying
1: it? No, just book. Book, book to
0: yeah. read before you die. Um, the Quiddity of Delusion, and the one we're going to begin discussing is Scotland before the bomb. Um, explain a little bit about Scotland before the bomb. Okay, well,
1: it's uh, set in uh, quite way in the future. with uh, a version of me as an editor looking back over Scotland, a fictitious Scotland after a fictitious uh, indie Ref in 2014 that was successful. Uh, and then from there, each of the counties of Scotland broke down into separate countries um, over a 50 year span. And uh, before Scotland was destroyed, uh, in a missile strike f- uh, from Luxembourg. Oh, that's right. Yes, it was Luxembourg. So, that's Luxembourg yeah. Yeah. so um yeah. So it's it's looking back on that from a uh, hundred years in, in the future, of a fictitious Scotland that that turns into a sort of micro dystopian uh, country, of little countries.
0: So it's this idea um, that um, there's an independence referendum which is successful, yeah. and Scotland in general seems to be become. More and more attracted to the idea of referendum, and greater independence. Yeah, it becomes just sort of,
1: um, yeah, it's, it's Dundee actually. The, the uh, MSP for Dundee really wants Dundee to be independent. He kickstarts the whole thing. This is a very minor plot point because it's all summarised in the introduction to the book. But yeah, so the MP for Dundee, whoever that is now, uh, wants Dundee to be independent. And then the rest of the uh, counties get, get angry. And uh, it's, it spirals from there.
0: So it's a really interesting um, a form, as mm. well you know, as well as um, the, the content of it, um, because each of the chapters are each of the counties. Is that that's right? Isn't yeah, it? that's right. Yeah, and they have all got not just different tales to tell, but something quite radically ways of telling them. Mm. So how did it, what was the inspiration behind that? Um. Well
1: I actually started off i had a lot of separate dystopian stories i'd written um and I thought I would like to maybe do a collection of of stories so uh, then i just i found a way to turn it into more of an interesting book conceptually by bringing in the the counties and working in different uh kind of regional elements and, and but ideas. some of them
0: uh, some of them do are very we won't be able to touch on on them all, but for yeah. instance, um, I'll just touch on some of my favourites. You've got uh, Edinburgh, where mm. the Edinburgh Festival becomes a year long. It never ends. The sun yeah. never sets on the Edinburgh Festival.
1: Yeah, that was that's. So people in the festival so angry about not making a profit that they refuse to leave uh, Edinburgh until they make a profit. So they just stay there indefinitely because they're never going to turn a profit. So um, yeah, it was, it was a funny. Just just brought on by frustration at living in Edinburgh and being one of the few people actually, well, probably one of the people in the majority of the residents who dislike the festival, but uh, um, so yeah, so that was was a good section. Uh,
0: Yeah, it's it's very funny um, as uh, the the whole book is, um, I don't, don't, I'm almost dying to kind of go into greater detail, but I don't want to kind of spoil things for people. Um, You've also got uh, in Lothian, there's so many delivery drones mm. here around there that the sky is black with delivery drones. You know, you can't that again, very. I think for anyone who knows that part of the world, site specific. So yeah. was it a case of? I'm really fascinated in how you decided to go through this. You said you had this collection of stories, um, but did they each have a place? Did you have a place in mind for the stories?
1: Uh, I think uh, it was just uh, sort of random. Sometimes some places I would have the story idea and think what's the best county somewhere like the Lothians where it's there are lots of warehouses and mm-hmm. places that would just it would fit that landscape uh the kind of slightly sinister you know farmland and industrial um intersections of places like Livingston and so so there are some places that, that fit the setting and the story some places were just chosen randomly because i had to fill the counties <laughs> up with stories um so, so yeah, it's a mixture. Yeah.
0: So where did the original idea of doing all these dystopian stories come mm-hmm. from? What, were they always going to be collected in a book? Or were they just, uh, uh, you know, you'd written one and then something else? Because they, they're all very um, off the time, you know, their current concerns and sometimes obsessions, you know, that mm. are happening there. I think, yeah, it was a sort of mixture of different, I had a few
1: stories that were topical and a couple that were, um, more playful in terms of form and that, that didn't reference anything topical so I, I just tried to find a way to bring it together into a kind of novel and stories form and uh, breaking it down in terms of county was because it gave me a, a number of chapters it gave me a, um, a kind of a, st- a structure for it um, so I just pulled this sort of incoherent uh, bunch of stories together really um, um, In terms of design,
0: and you mentioned that uh, the the writer and editor of the book is one M J Nichols, mm. um, which is sort of a um, typical is the wrong word, but it, it kind of def- almost defines what you do. You, you like to play with um, what's going on on the page and with kind of expectations of the reader. Is that right? Mm, I do. Yeah. Um, so. Could you go into a little bit more? Why is that something
1: that you uh, enjoy? Well, it's just something it's something I enjoy as a as a as a reader. Um, I don't really know how many readers enjoy because you know that sort of thing. I it's difficult to gauge whether people find it uh, self referential and, and that kind of thing. Um, but I'm I'm really selfish as a writer. I just I just write you know for my own enjoyment and hope some people like it which is, I guess, what most people do, but yeah, I don't have any kind of sense of, uh-huh. oh, let's make this a bit more commercial, let's tweak this. Um, well, I suppose in this book I did, because I put in the references to uh, Independence Referendum, so there's a little nod to that.
0: Were you, um, you wary about that?
1: Um, a little bit. Uh, part of me thought, hmm, if I put this in, am I just using this cynically to kind of drop interest, like topical interest, given that you know a lot of books that are popular tend to be topical, based on topical issues. Mm-hmm. So part of me cynically thought mm, crowbarring that in would be quite good for this book, in terms of people wanting to read it. Um, but then as the content came out, it was you know less obvious that people would stick with it.
0: Because yeah, because um, when you'd spoken about um, how, what it was going to be like, you know, when I first read it, um, I think initially you think, well, this is going to be a big commentary on independence, and you think, well, no, it's not really uh, yeah. the, the idea of, um, you know, breaking away or, 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 or smaller government or anything like that, you could read that into it if you wanted to, mm. but actually, as you say, it's more um, each chapter is, 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 is a different, not even target, but just a different subject or a way of doing it. Um, are there favourites of your own that you and think I really enjoyed? Because um, some of them are even yeah, concrete yeah. poetry. It's a yeah. mix of everything, isn't it? It is. It's, yeah, stuff. it's a
1: grab bag. Um, no, I did like I did like the concrete poetry section, which is it's it's Orkney the Orkney Isles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it says uh, it's a couple of pages of a kind of, a kind of very abstract sketch versus sort of dystopia. We've got um, a border around the page with sort of cat noises like purr, meow, and then inside these little phrases that sum up some kind of cat uh, takeover of Orkney. So there's some some, <laughs> the, some of the stories are kind of suggestive and um, maybe nonsensical at first, and then as you read on, um, so yeah, that was fun doing that kind of thing. Yeah. It was just finding ways to to come up with new kind of grim visions of of these different countries was a lot of fun. Um,
0: and as a writer, um, is it a way of keeping yourself interested?
1: D- yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think um, I struggle with just writing A to B rules, yeah. and it's I, I enjoy it occasionally by. Over the last few years, I've become quite impatient and frustrated. So it's good to have to write in shorter bursts. And, but
0: yeah. you never considered um, this as a book of short stories, as such. You always wanted to to come together as the idea of a novel.
1: I think so. Yeah. I, I it's I guess it's fine it's a novel and stories, if you like. I mean, it's mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's. Um, I think because. It's uh the concept is kind of tied together sufficiently. All the other stories are linked to a kind of bigger narrative than it kinda of qualifies as a novel, but yeah, no, I have a very loose definition of novel. Um Well I mean a novel <laughs> you
0: could say is is the collection of, exactly, you know, of yeah, individual stories yeah. with a with a line through them. Yeah, exactly. So um and I I'm very interested with the final I think i are right, it's the final one, is Glasgow and Renfrew, which I think mm. is the longest as well, not yes, it?
1: Yes, but Six thousand words, yes, uh,
0: and um, and again, it's a writer who seems very familiar. Mm. Uh, and find notebooks, and could you explain about giving the game away a little bit? about the Glasgow and the Renfrew pages. Mm.
1: Well, that that one is, it's called textual dysfunction, and it's uh, a kind of rolling feed of thoughts from the, the a sort of uh, dysfunctional or frustrated writer trying to write a. A book and he ends up producing this non-book of thoughts about writing a book so it's kind of uh, chronicles a sort of breakdown um sort of artistic breakdown yeah and maybe a and maybe personal breakdown as well and uh, that's that section is a bit personal yeah. obviously but um it's it's a mixture of, sort of personal reflections on frustrations and and, and fictitious you know which affecting.
0: makes me ask the question I think about the question about how you decided to order your chapters. Hmm. Did you was that a difficult thing to do? Um, no, I th-
1: I just tried to uh, break up some of the sections, so I wouldn't have two stories, yeah, kind of two similar length stories. So, just in terms of just uh, the kind of keeping the form interesting for the reader, keeping the making sure there was a difference between each section, and then the last section, the there is an appendix as well, but the, yeah. the final chapter is a good one to end on because it's. Um, It's more challenging, I think, to to, to grapple with.
0: It does have a... I mean, they're all very different, to be Mm. fair. But it does feel have a different feel, I think, to to the rest of the the book. I think we should also touch on the day that poor old Nicholas Parsons has passed on. Oh,
1: of course, yeah. That uh, sure
0: uh, he appears in uh Bremar to play a non-stop game of just a minute. That's right, yeah. Which is one of my favourite chapters. <laughs> I <laughs> I mean, I don't want to go down the question of where do you get your crazy ideas, but how you know? Uh, did you come up with some of these and go, yeah, that's really? This entertains me.
1: It does, yeah. Well, I was listening to Just a Minute quite a lot before bed for a long time. Yeah, yeah, Just yeah. as a kind of it's like a relaxation. It's a great show. It's a lot of fun. It's uh, it's kind of timeless because it doesn't do with topical subjects, mainly. Sometimes it does, but it's... Um, and I was just a big fan. I thought it would be funny to... just At the time, I was in this sort of Just a Minute headspace and I wanted to <laughs> put something down about that. Um... And that story, the the, the inhabitants of uh, is Brema, is it, it
0: is Braymar, um, yeah, It's where my brother lives. It's
1: just oh, like it. <laughs> all right. See if I to Well, they're all for they're kind of randomly chosen. Yeah. From this uh, to 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 speak without hesitation or potential deviation for a minute, um, and then the panel kind of sit high, or looking down upon them, um, buzzing in.
0: Yeah, it becomes almost so a so judgment. It's, so it's happen. kind of
1: it's kind of different to just a minute in the sense they're just buzzing in on people rather than themselves. So Nicholas, so Paul Merton's buzzing in on. <laughs> a farmer in Baymar or a shop owner or anything and then they're penalised so it's kind of a sadistic just like about of a sadistic consequences
0: Kangaroo Court or yeah. something like that yeah and um, another name to note who's unfortunately is no longer with us is in your introduction you have Alastair Grey as one of the mm. earlier First Ministers of Scotland mm, that's right yeah um, which makes me th- think about who your influences are you say you like reading Writers or books which are um, a, comedic and playful and maybe um, don't take you to places that you might expect. So who are your mm. influences in
1: that way? Right? Well, I was thinking about Alistair Gray when I was writing this book. I think it's um, certainly Alistair Gray. I, I've loved reading him. Um, and in terms of broader influences, I'd say Gilbert Sorrentino is a huge influence. Mm-hmm. He's a American postmodernist who wrote a really wide ranging sort of span of books over fifty years. Famously Mulligan Stew, which is a big literary satire. Right. So the funniest literary satires. It's it's a great novel which uh parodies kind of dime store mystery novels, cheap kind of over overwrought, melodramatic kind of prose of around the sort of 50, 60s sort of time that was coming out. Um so it's, it's a very specific form of parody and it's great. Um and I, I was just in awe of, of that that author for a long time. Right. I think House of Writers is more of a kind of homage to Sorrentino. whereas I had I had grey in mind with this in terms of the way he sometimes structures his books. Yeah. With 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 sort of spurious editors and things, and he couples together, or he pulls together kind of different stories into his books, and in a way that's quite satisfying. And on um, the page
0: it often looks very different I mean, yeah the, you know the way that the actual paragraphs are structured or uh, the way that something you mm. break from in the normal form things yeah,
1: like exactly that. like in uh, the middle of 192 Janine where it's this typographical explosion um, and what else obviously in Lanark he's got the two columns so yeah, typo- typographically this one was more he was kind of a, at the back of my mind, maybe something like Raven Federman. have you heard of him? No, I he's um, yeah. So he was a French American novelist, who he he uh, escaped the Holocaust and came to America. Right. And then spent his time sort of retelling a story of of uh, when he lost his parents in the Holocaust, and he used really innovative typography to do it. Um, he was at the back of my mind as well, but yeah. So those those are two I really like, and there's, there's lots more.
0: Um, okay. Talking I'm about talking America, uh, it's interesting that you are published by an American publisher, Saki Meniscus Press. Yeah. So, how did that come about?
1: Um, I think I, well, I reviewed one of their books. Um, I gave a negative review to one of the books, and the editor contacted me. It was kind of peeved, and then uh, we got into a conversation. And then right. In Turns out we had a lot in common in terms of literary um, interests. So, this was the editor, so, not the writer? This was the editor, yes. Right, okay. So I got in touch with the editor of uh, that press, Jacob Smolian, and, and I said, Oh, I've got this, manuscript and he read it, and that was, that was it. it was, he's been a great editor um, who'd supported my work. It's really, you know. So it's uh, been. Sorry. I know,
0: and how, how have you felt uh, in terms of being on uh, an American uh, press? Because I guess there are, there are maybe pros and negatives to it, I and mean, how do you feel about
1: um, it? Well, it's, it's in the sense, it's a really great publisher. Yeah. Uh, but in terms of how the books are distributed, it's a little more ramshackle because I do a lot of that myself in terms of receiving copies and then trying to place them in libraries and bookshops yeah. and whatnot, get attention for them. Um, but I don't. In terms of you know promoting yourself or distributing books, the internet kind of it's it's helped in the sense of you know. Um, don't know really. It's a good question. <laughs> well, I guess
0: Give it I'm thinking an um, it doesn't always happen here. There are people I know on UK and, and the Scottish uh, publishers who feel that they've not maybe had the promotion or the the uh, um, what they were promised maybe hasn't happened. And I'm just wondering as well if you're on an American um, press, is it easier to get your books into American shops well, like that?
1: I think so. Yeah, it's easier to have yeah books distributed in America. So they're based in New Jersey, so they can do local promotion and getting books into libraries and bookshops in America. Because that's still um, a dream for
0: UK publishers is to
1: get a title yeah, into Yeah, that's true. So there is that's an advantage to that. Yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, so it's, it's difficult to gauge because it's as with most small presses, you the book's just out there, and then yeah. you come to the next one, and then. You've got to work for the Just, next you're just going on, Yeah, You know, you're just, you know, just just publishing for, for the joy of it, really. Um,
0: but I mean, know. I think you, in some ways, that might suit you because I feel you write for the joy of it. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, well, talking about, if we go back to House of Writers, yeah, um, which is a couple of years, three years, three years ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that book itself, um, I thought, this is well. It's, there's no doubt. It's a book about writers and writing. Um, mm. And you even have many real life writers appearing uh, in it, which is um, I think quite a brave thing to do. <laughs> but um, three years on, what do you think about it now when you look back to
1: it? Um, I really like it. I still I'm quite happy with it. Yeah. Um, I think it's my my favourite of my book so far. Um, That's interesting. Because it was it was a way of distilling all my pent up angst about being a writer. Yeah. And that was quite important for me to move on because i'd I'd become so kind of frustrated and and angry about you know trying to be a writer in a kind of indifferent um sort of marketplace Well, to the stuff I kind of, I write, write anyway yes, kind yes. Of, you know um so it was a kind of you know emotionally it was a release and uh, in, a, in a fun way so
0: it is it's uh, a great <laughs> fun book, but there's definitely you know huge amounts of um a frustration mm. and um, anger i would say and even a bit of contempt but the idea what do you what did you want to say about this idea of being a writer was it something that i get the feeling this and along with um the 1000 second book to read before you die you're actually Mm. looking at the whole business of writing and publishing and, and all of that and critiquing it i suppose
1: i think so yeah i think I was trying to get a, a kind of handle on it because I as somebody who's not involved in... Well, I, I did help run a small publisher for a while, but I was not involved in kind of bigger publishing world. Um, yeah, I, I couldn't really understand. or I didn't really like having to get to, to terms with like being an author. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I was pulling against it, yeah. yeah. I wanted to just publish books and kind of anonymously. Um, so I think it, it was just a way of, of uh, coming to terms with... with with being a writer, it's a very, a bishop, uh, or, yeah.
0: it's, a, it's a very powerful way of doing that. Yeah. You know, I, lo- I love the fact instead of internalising this, you know, I'm going to turn all this into, into a a, a book, and it's clear. But well, with House of Writers, that's mm. concentrating that, which is about, as I say, being a writer. It's clear to me that it's something that you really love, but the, you've got all of this. Um, uh, the business around, literally a business around it, because they end up that there is the house, which on each floor there are the different writers and the different things. and This yeah. idea of breaking things down into categories and and even my first question, you know, how would you consider yourself as a writer? Mm. Probably is one that you're not.
1: I think. Well, you, know, I think you have to have categories to an extent. Yeah? yeah. So it's 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 only when books are so categorized that they're kind of homogenous that it's. Um,
0: is that worrying. part of the frustration that you understand the need for all this stuff but it still doesn't mean that you're happy with it?
1: I think so, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm, I'm a bit more kind of calm about it now, um, having written those books. Those in two is a little bit more accepting, although there is a, a section where I'm uh, I think, I go at marketing, book marketing and things like that.
0: Yeah, I um, just... It, I do think in, in that book in particular it's about reading and obsessional reading and the yeah. joy of reading books. And I think sometimes... There's so much other stuff going on, and it's not just in publishing; it's in all other lots of other areas as well. But there's so much about um, sharing which book. This is from a reader's point of view: mm. sharing which book you're reading, and you know, reviewing which book you're reading because there's so many reviewers out there. We're all kind of critic now, if you like, yeah. of online. Um, discussing other aspects of it, going to um, book signings or book readings, listening to podcasts like this, all things, which actually take you away from there's only so much time of reading the book, which is kind of what it's about.
1: Yeah, that's true. And uh, I think a lot of people like going to author readings and events rather than reading, which is strange. This is why I, I was very reluctant to kind of be an author, like a public author, because I wanted people just to read the book, then yeah. obviously you have to promote it and... So it's a, it's a kind of an avoidable problem. Yeah, I think it's you know.
0: really interesting. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm presuming most writers are also average readers. That's why you, you would want to do it in the first place. But mm. uh, maybe not always the case. Um, but from folk who are just readers, there is this desire, I think, to kind of um, get a bit more of the writer sometimes. I don't really understand it myself, but th- th- there is this thing about... Um, I I say I don't understand it. I do understand mm. it. I'm asking about it now. But uh, to learn a bit more about why your favourite books have been written. But then part of me also thinks well, it's in the book. It's a bit like listening to a song or anything. You 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 take what you want from it yourself.
1: Yeah, I think so. And it's people's demand for kind of more content and more stuff. So if you finished a great book, um you can go back and read the other books. Or if they've just written one book, then what else do you do? You know, yeah. I just move on to another author, but um, yes. people want to kind of fixate on authors or they have authors they really love and they don't explore as as, as much as other people. And so maybe people need to be a bit more ambitious. I don't know.
0: Um, yeah. And I think, I think there is something about all of the, the events and about all of the industry for a lot of time that stops people engaging with the book sometimes. Uh, not always there are lots of people that you know are, are, are prolific mm. readers who do all that stuff and, and, as well but um, yeah the simple fact about sitting or finding time because time is precious to sit and just spend an hour or two with a book you know, so yeah. it can be uh, lost.
1: I think also if you're, if you're an author like Will Self and you're very kind of charismatic and, and funny people like seeing you talk. So you're just entertaining, and yeah. the way they go and see a stand-up comedian, they, it's just it's a spectacle. And so they they may not want to sort of sit through his three massive modernist novels, because that because that's quite difficult. Whereas yeah, this that, funny guy, you
0: know, yeah, I found that with Clive James, yeah. who I love as a writer, you know, from early in his memoirs, reading collections of his television um, reviews, I just this, this is amazing. Before I'd ever heard them or anything like that, and then he became as you say almost like an after dinner speaker and entertainer yeah. and all of that and he was very very good at that he had his own chat show and his own travelogues and all of that maybe for some people that's the aim but um i don't think he was ever better than than when he was a, a writer and probably the same he is a great character. writer i was
1: thinking that because I, I read his this big book of uh, essays mm-hmm. cultural amnesia yes. a couple of years ago um i was kind of impressed because i'd seen him as this cuddly tv host sort of travelogue presenter and so I think he maybe undermined himself as a as, as a writer by yeah, right? hosting that, all those shows and, yeah. Absolutely. He wrote anyway, poetry, poetry before he died as well.
0: And uh, even, even, you know, he, he was the television reviewer and the Observer in the, I think, maybe as far back as the 70s, but certainly in the 80s. And there's some of the funniest bits of writing, most mm. comedic bits of writing. You like. Even if you don't remember the programmes, you just genuinely laugh out loud funny.
1: I think it's, uh, it'd be interesting because you think of, there's not that kind of TV reviewing caliber today. There's it's generally it's got shorter things online, or it's or maybe, maybe there are sort of longer pieces in the newspapers and things. But you wouldn't get an essay per, per se on. Yeah. Charlie Brooker used to do that. he would make these reviews into an art form, kind of scathing, kind of art form. Yeah, there's um, not a lot of
0: reviewers but, like that. I wonder. No. I, I hope my hope. I was thinking about this the other day. I was hope. I'm hoping that since. A lot of the short stuff is now, you know, headline based or clickbait. That there will be increasingly a space for longer pieces. Mm. Um, there is an online. I think it's just online. I um, can get the app for it and all that stuff called The Athletic, and it's for they've, they've taken some of the best sports writers from the the major papers and they're paying them more money, and it's to do long form essays and proper mm. criticism and all that. I don't know where it's going now. Sorry, here you go. It's, yeah, I was just going to say, it's,
1: it's more common in America, isn't it? Um, than, than the UK. The yeah. one form essay
0: format. Um, and the, the, we've talked a little bit about the comedy side of things, the comedies and all that, but the comedic side of things and mm. the, the will to you know make people laugh. Um, was that something you always wanted to do in your writing?
1: Um I think so. Yeah, definitely. It's uh, it's just a it's just a way of it's just a sort of stylistic thing that I was unable to write seriously, or I couldn't I couldn't engage myself seriously uh, when I was writing. I was to write something, or or just when I started writing, it was just, it was a way of helping me to keep myself amused when I was a student or something. You know, it was so, and I was obviously a big comedy fan growing up. Yeah, and all that stuff. So yeah.
0: Um, were you weary really of? Coming across as if you're taking yourself too seriously, so the the comedy punctures. Because I think you take the books, the writing very seriously. Indeed, I don't think you could do
1: otherwise. I think there's. I'm trying to move towards a little bit more seriousness, but without becoming kind of, you know, without losing any humour. So there's a way of maybe inching towards a slightly more a style that's slightly less. I'm very really wary of words like wacky and. Yes.
0: <laughs> I'm trying to move away from. I think you should be because they're not. I mean, my understanding yeah. of wacky is just zany, anything
1: like that. Crazy. <laughs> so, certainly, like, you know, bits of Thousand and Two get a bit zany and I'm trying to move away from that because it's. I enjoy writing it, but it's it's a little bit lazy for me because it's sort of autopilot. Whereas I'm more interested in being, you know, uh, satirical or kind of droll as a writer than Yes. broadly kind of knockabout. Slaps it. Yeah.
0: Um, I think you know, drolls are a very good way of of, of, of uh, describing a lot of them. Mm. And I said at the beginning are the um, you know comic literary novels or literary comic novels. And you said comic, leaving out the literary, but mm. they are literary because they are dealing with literature in that way. They're dealing with the writing, and um, not just the. Business of, of publishing or the business of writing but actually the books themselves and the writers themselves yes so yes yeah. I mean, there's no, no question there at all um, so no. I guess my question is um, are you wary of putting that literary label on them
1: um, no not really it's, uh, it's fine I think it's um, maybe I'm just trying to be humble by like yeah. saying oh they're not that literary or trying to get people to read them but yeah. it's kind of it's off two off putting things, literary and comic. Yeah. I'm out. I guess
0: know. I guess that's maybe true. Uh, it's a shame if that's the case, but maybe uh, that's yeah,
1: true. I think um I mean, there's lots of great literary comic writers around and I, I, you know, people like Steve Toltz, mm-hmm. um, who wrote Quicksand, it's a really great novel. Um and I think uh they don't tend to get prizes or, or awards or get recognition, um, comic novels or literary comic novels, they, they yeah. kind of just because they're comic, they're seen as so lesser. Yes, yeah, which is strange. There's a there's a separate kind of comic prizes, but I can't think of when the last time a comic novel won the Booker apart from Howard Jacobson's when ten years ago. Yeah, but, that's a uh, while ago. A Yeah,
0: yeah. Howard Jacobson's um, a good uh, comparison that I haven't thought of actually. Yeah, he's quite good. Yeah. Is there are there writers um, that other writers that maybe we weren't heard of that you think? Yeah, you should really check them out if you like my books.
1: You know. Oh, um, no. <laughs> <laughs> just my I books? Just my, no, comp- <laughs> well, the ones I mentioned, Sorrentino, these yeah. are all older writers. Like yeah. Contemporaries, I can't think of. People, which sounds a bit arrogant, but I, uh, people writing similar. Yeah.
0: No, um,
1: there's a lot of people in that the Meniscus, um catalogue. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of similar writers. They're mainly American, but um, Stephen Moles is a a London-based novelist. He's slightly, slightly similar. And then okay. he's metafictional and um, he's very interested in form and language. Um, I'll, do, I'll give a shout-out to Lucy Almond's new book. Right. Because I've... I've which Ducks Newbury Port, which is a thousand-page. Oh, yes.
0: yes. Now, we spoke We've about books. this on our books podcast at the end of last year.
1: Yeah. I've been reading her for a while, which um, is before this came out. So, um, I was also a fan of her early comic novels, which are quite similar. They're really kind of uh, formally playful and uh, anarchic and sort of, they've got a sort of ranting edge to them right which is a lot of fun um, but it's good that, that book's getting a lot of attention because it's, it's, it's a great novel so yeah it's just it's in the form of sort of a huge list punctuated with little descriptive sections of a lioness
0: so um, having written in all these different because I remember we hadn't Said that all of the books I've read, of yours have all got that aspect to them that there are um, breakaways from any kind of normal um, story being told. You know, hmm. you, you often do that whether it's jumping around in time or literally moving on the page or anything like that. Is that something you want to explore more in terms of being experimental, or do you think well, I've, I've kind of done that. Um,
1: well, I've, I've finished the other two books as a trilogy of books. Yeah, the other two I've, I've finished up, which the second one is very basically similar to the first one in terms of it's by county yeah and it's a similar cycle of stories for the different setup. But so this is the second
0: book sorry to, to Scotland
1: s- to Scotland for the Bomb yeah. yeah it's called Trimming England Um so the the, the third one though was a little bit different in and it's it's told in uh it, it's like this, the last section of Scotland for the Bomb it's got short uh, chapters mm-hmm. short little s- sections broken broken up Um by place, hard to describe actually, but it sounds. Um, I think that's the end of my kind of experiments for the moment. Okay. I'm, I'm actually write, rewriting an old book. Okay. Th- in a more straightforward way at the moment, it's going quite well. Good. Which is quite surprising, because you know, <laughs> I'm just enjoying writing kind of normal prose at the moment, which is um. So Scotland
0: before the world. Did you always know this was going to be part of a trilogy at the beginning, um, or something larger?
1: N- no, I. It's had a lot of material that that fit the bill for a second book. I thought this would be a good idea to to do another book in this vein. Um, so and then I thought might as well finish it and write a third one. England, right. so Scotland, and then I finish off with the Wales. Okay. And uh, keeping it on the mainland. Right. No no Northern Irish book. Um, so the, the third one is, is uh, because I've just written it, obviously I like it the best. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, and probably. is there uh, are there dates for these to come out? Really? Um, I think
1: I was talking to England, maybe out this year. I was talking to the publisher about that, so that may be out this year. Excellent. Um, the other one, I'm probably still going to tinker with a bit because it's uh, yeah, just keeps you know, let it simmer for a while.
0: So, how um, is your kind of average if there's such a thing as an average writing day for you? Is it such a
1: um, no, I'd. Not really. Um, I, I haven't written for a while. I had a break for about a couple of months, right? Just to have a breather and uh, yeah. not get too. If I'm not writing, I'm coming up with some new idea. I would get a little bit restless. Yes. But then at the same time, I push myself to come up with things, and it wouldn't work. So I had a break, a breather.
0: So is that um, um, those kind of self-enforced, if you like, breaks? Do you find that yeah. these are important?
1: I think they are very important. Yeah, because. Um, Otherwise, you're just you're just constantly pushing yourself to, to write something, and you end yeah. up writing the same thing. Yes. You're not letting your brain do some of the work in the background, and you're not you know thinking about revisiting old stuff or you know what have you. So um, yeah, it's just I found that I know my script when I was a lot younger. Mm-hmm. I always wanted to rewrite it. Excellent. Um, yeah. But I thought it was it's so so terrible that I I was sort of opened it went no, I can't possibly do anything with this. It's awful. Um, so the challenge is to try and make it good so.
0: so, Was it something that you always knew you were going to write but you maybe yeah. wrote it before you had the experience?
1: I think so yeah, I always wanted to rewrite it basically yeah. and I just, I just I was so disparate when I returned to it so I yeah. couldn't find a way of of making it, making taking the ideas I'd had and making it good so that's a, that's a quite a good new challenge for me I think it's a new thing it's also a way to, it lifts the burden of coming up with the plot line and stories, because they're already there, yeah. and they're 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 fine. So I'm just focusing entirely on the quality of the, of the prose, and not on the
0: on the uh, characters and structure and whatnot. When, can you remember when you decided that, yeah, this is what I'm going to do, I'm going to be a writer, was it like, were you very young? Or?
1: I was two, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was in the womb, and I tapped on my mother's chest. to <laughs> not read this thing. Down. Like, write it down, this, yeah. Um... Yeah, I think it's about fifteen. I got a typewriter, right? Because it was just quite odd for fifteen years. Um, fifteen, but I got a typewriter and I wrote a lot of, you know, surreal novellas. Um, so probably yeah, fifteen is exact okay. age. Exactly. <laughs> with your with with the, your middle date, old um, school typewriter. Yeah, that's good. To, oh, excellent. It was. Yeah, I mean, most people had a computer at that time. Yeah, but I didn't. Um, and I got it a couple of years later, but I was. I think having a typewriter is quite good because it focuses you to to not make as many mistakes. Yes. Um, and spend a bit more time. I was discussing yeah. this with
0: someone just recently, exactly that, how the ability now to take out full sentences or move paragraphs around, you know, it doesn't make people lazy, but um, the concentration that you maybe need to get it mm. right, if if not first time, almost, you know, Near first time is uh, kind of lost in that way. I think so, but then the, and the physicality of it as well.
1: The the cl- clanking of the typewriter. Yeah, I think I think that. But then when I try when I write by hand, it's usually awful, and I need that. I need to go to, go to the computer and type. Right. So it's, it's it's lost to me doing that now.
0: The reason I ask about when you, you know, the age that you thought no I want to be a writer is I was doing one of these with um, uh, David Keenan and he said that he always knew from a young from a young age that he was going to write about Airdrie when he was older. Because hmm. I think partly because Airdrie had this reputation of not of not being experienced that he had of it as a child, so I just wondered if yeah. you know. And um, I, I read from a very young age, but I don't think I've ever thought, oh, "Yeah, I'm going to be a writer."
1: That's interesting. Yeah, I think a lot of it maybe is entwined with place in a, in a way, wanting to or coming from somewhere like Airdrie where there's not a huge sort of. You know canon of authors or people writing about it mm-hmm. so it feels quite it feels quite exciting to you yeah um because i'm from i'm from armadale which is a couple of towns down from eurgy and i um and i was more interested in writing about the you know uh cities big cities rather than yeah where i'm from but i'm still kind of drawn to small towns just why there's a lot of little places in, in Scotland for the bomb um parodies of villages that go awry and things because the madness of a small town is quite an interesting subject. Well,
0: I mean, then really, yeah. uh, going back to the in Scotland from the Bond, that is what a lot of it is. It's the madness of small yeah. um, cities or, not small cities, villages or, or small places where there is perhaps, I, I, at times I was, I thought about um, Absolutely and the Stony Bridge committee. Do you know what I mean? The comedy show, absolutely. I don't remember the sketch, but I well, so they did. They, in absolutely, they, it was a regular sketch. And there was a committee of people on Stony Bridge, and they went to get the Olympics at one time. They mm. tried to bring the Olympics to Stony Bridge, and it was like we have a stone bridge, and you know, look <laughs> at kind of, You imagine that absolutely yeah. stuff, and they're really worth checking out. But a lot of the times, I thought, yeah, you can imagine that these decisions, these huge decisions that affect everyone, have come through committee level.
1: Yeah, it is. I think it's, there's, there is a sort of analogy with with uh, Brexit there, because if you look at how the the kind of madness infected small towns in England <clears throat> has kind of spread like the coronavirus across the whole of the UK, so it's it's quite a yeah, it's an interesting subject, and I guess people who are very isolated, um, you know, have certain views. Can I mean it's not just views we'd consider backward. It's just you know. Certain philosophies of, of life, and or it's more fun to 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 create a kind of deranged narrative in that sort of place because because it's, cause it's just isolated. And, yeah, and what you've done yeah. in
0: your your chapters is, is self contained. Them, so yeah. there isn't uh, there maybe is a little of interaction, or there's there's the history of some interaction between uh, some of the, the counties, but actually in the whole they're self contained, and the the chapters themselves are self contained in that way. Mm,
1: yeah. It's a, it's I suppose it's a bigger question of people liking their little bubbles of you know it's the same in any like apartment building of you know flat block yeah. people don't talk to each other and and then they become argumentative and then meetings about the building so it's any kind of you can take that down to that sort of level yeah I was thinking about there's a great uh, Dutch director uh, called Alex van Vormerdam whose right. films I really like we're watching them no. he, he does he writes about uh, makes films about these sort of the small towns, gone slightly mad. Uh, there's one called The Northerners, it's really good. Check, okay. it, check it out. It's um, yeah, it's just based on this sort of ha- half-built new town, in by this forest, sort it's, it's of weird part of uh, <laughs> of uh, Holland. Did uh, it just it's sort of uh, in, the, like in the late fifties. Right. So it's sort of like an abandoned half-built town, people still living there. I thought it was a really funny idea, right? And the, and the people going deranged there because they're so cut off from around. yeah.
0: Well, this idea of isolation, mm. um, which often happens in kind of science fiction, you know, uh, dystopias, as you say, that people mm. are for some whatever reason are cut off from the outside world, and therefore it all kind of falls apart. Yeah. Inside, you know, it's not like things get better; people become, you know, uh, more. Um, uh, they fall out easier, and, and, and uh, there's no escape.
1: I think that's a subject I'm interested in because in 1002 the guy goes to live in Orkney he wants to cut himself off and just read for a year yeah that's right so um which is something I, I, I would quite like to do but then
0: um, I, I got that when, while uh, reading it I thought <laughs> this is maybe a wish <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was I did think
1: yeah, then I started to think through the implications of that and how you might go mad in his case it all went wrong quite quickly but um it, w- it would be it would be cool to try if, if you got to a place where I was just content with <laughs> complete isolation um yeah, maybe it's an idea for a non fiction book. Ah. Try to live out that, that character's life, go go and live the furthest place I can I can find Yeah. In just
0: so well, like one of these year. challenge uh non fiction books, you know? Yeah.
1: Like, uh, yeah. I'd have to like you know, dismantle all my personal relationships. But,
0: you know, it should be <laughs> it's okay. a small price. Yeah, to yeah it's a small price to
1: pay for finishing the entire canon of uh Anthony Burgess. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, Mark, I think that's the perfect place to finish. So thank you very much for joining us. Thanks for having me. And we'll be back soon with someone completely different. Cheers.